It is Wednesday, August 14th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the Fields Auto Group. And now, a guy who's always physically unable to broadcast, well, because he likes being on a pub list, J.P. Shadrick. That doesn't make any sense. A pub. A pub. Pub. P-U-B. Pub. Physically unable to. Johnny got it. Oh. Come on. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I don't always get it. I got it. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group, J.P. Shadrick with John Osier. That was Joe Fortunato, Brent yes, Reaper. As always. We've got a, a nice show for you today coming up. Uh, camp has closed officially, so the Jaguars training camp is over. Preseason continues. The starters, will they play? No. Maybe not. Yeah. We'll get to the philosophy of that as we've talked about throughout the week here. The uniform unveiling, what will the Jaguars that do play tomorrow night, what will they wear when they play tomorrow night? Jimmy Luck will be in, head equipment manager to tell us. Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles insider, joins us on the phone a little bit later, and we'll get his thoughts on Nick Foles no longer being in green and Malik Jackson donning green this year, former Jaguar. We'll uh, hear from Dave coming up. Players to watch tonight, John and I will well, – we won't do deep tracks like we did last year, at least in this show, maybe later in the My season. My name is something else. But we'll, we'll call it players to watch. Maybe shallow thoughts. I got some of those. That's right. Uh, That's coming up a little bit later today as uh, well. So glad you're with us today. Uh, Let's, you know, the the camp got heated. You know, the last day of camp, um, Doug Marone stops practice, uh, calls everybody over, kind of gives them a, hey, let's cool down a little bit. There was some chirping back and forth, and it wasn't two plays later, I don't think, that there was a big fight between Conley and Jalen Ramsey, and you could just tell that the, the tension of camp was just starting to get there. Well, and that's been uh, brewing for a little bit. And when I say that, I mean Jalen and Chris Conley have been going at each other. Uh, not like that, but it's been heated competition, and neither one of those guys is the personality type to back down. Uh, I don't get the idea that it's a you know fractured situation. This was camp by two guys fighting, competing very hard. And you know what? It's, it, it's okay to have a guy on offense who, uh, when Jalen talks, he gives a right back. I mean, I think that's what it's all about. I also think there was certainly an element, JP, this is my, I think it's 15th or, I guess 15th camp in Jacksonville. Okay. And I don't want to say it's the hottest I've ever felt it because the first four or five days were pretty, you know, while we're pretty okay. The last four or five days were up there with any I've experienced. So after a while, when you're out there, you know, I was out there uh, in it and I didn't working out and I wanted to give you a shot. So right, yeah. I sure. can imagine if I'm in pads and I'm competing. So I wouldn't, you know, I don't think anybody really has. I wouldn't read too much into the fact they were going at each other, except for the fact that it's, it's very competitive between those two in practice. And I think both of them would tell you it's a good thing. It's a great – I think it's a really good yeah. thing, as long as it doesn't spill over it and hurt your football team. Sure. You don't want to hurt any of your teammates, any of that kind of stuff, and you know, we'll see moving forward It was how separated was. fast. I mean, it was. I want to clarify because sometimes when you read things on Twitter or even read things in a story that I write, um, when you write altercation or hubbub or hullabaloo, whatever it is, there's no video of it. So all of a sudden, these guys got into it for maybe two or three seconds, were separated quickly, and I never felt anything – after that about to start. I mean, so this kind of thing, if it was 10 years ago, uh, you might not even mention it because there would have been two or three others involving 15 guys. 
this was just a uh, training camp, uh, you know, pushing and shoving and, you know, you know maybe a little wrestling. A little yeah. wrestling so, in the end yeah. zone in a red yeah, zone so, situation. So uh, move on, right? Yeah, big deal. Cam Robinson back in the practice field this week. Individuals and walk-through work, and obviously the expectation is to move him ahead of the next week or two. And when, do, when would you want to see him – uh, ideally, would you want to see him next week against the Dolphins, or is that too quick for you? Ideally, but I'd be surprised given the pace that they have chosen to bring him back. Um, I'd be surprised if he plays against the Dolphins, but I've been surprised before, so I'm not saying it, would, it won't happen. Um, I, what we don't know, and and probably won't know until the week of the opener, because I don't I, I don't expect nearly as much in, injury information next week after That's we right. get out of this That's phase. Right as we have right now, because now it's starting to get into strategy. They don't have to say until the Wednesday before the opener what guys' status are. So I expect that to, you know, to go dark, that's how the league is. Um, what we probably won't know until that Wednesday is what does coming off the pup mean for Cam? You know, th- there's a process, and people tend to think when they uh, read a report like Monday that it goes from, oh, no, it's, no, it's great. It's still more of this, and now he's off pup, and, and I, I know it's me on the radio, but I'm using a hand as a, as <laughs> a slow you. diagonal. Thank you, John. Um, pup and getting off of it is one little step. Now it's a case. I think what pup means more than anything for Cam is they're sure that he's going to make it back sometime in that first six weeks, probably the earlier part of it, maybe before that, but I think it's why you haven't seen Marquise come off of it because mm-hmm. with Marquise, you keep him on pup, and once you get and, and and once you put a guy on pup, he is out for the first six weeks of the season. Period. Pup to start the season, yes, that's right. Pup to start the season. So it tells me that that Cam is ahead of Marquise on that point, ready to do some individual. But individual does not mean one on one pass rush. Individual does not mean putting your uh, leg in the ground mm-hmm. and taking pressure on it from another human being. That will be the next step, and we'll see when he's ready for that. Um, Leon Searcy on the practice field this week, we were talking about Cam. I think it was the first day for Cam back out there. We were, we were talking about what does it take? When, when is he really going to know, Leon? I asked right. what I asked Leon. He said the first big bull rush mm-hmm. against an opponent, whether it's on the practice field or in a game, that is the most exertion you'll have right. uh, on, on that knee. And there might be some side-to-side. You're taking you know, yeah. and pass rush but and all that. that's when you got to hold it. But when you got to hold it, you got to anchor in against a bull rush. That's when he'll really know. And it's more above the shoulders than it is below and in the knee. I well, mean, they, they, at this they, point of – I didn't mean to interrupt you, but at, at this point of the ACL process and the knee, 99% of it is above the shoulders. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be that way with Marquise. When they start to trust it, when Cam's willing to put his leg in the ground and test it against, as I said, another human being, uh, that takes a confidence to do it without thinking about it. And that's the key. It, it's, it's harder for skill guys to do that because you're forced into it on the offensive line. It's really hard for receivers or running backs to trust that cut the way they were cutting when they were 14 years old, um, meaning just instinctive. Usually offensive linemen, quarterbacks, and even defensive linemen can return from this injury quicker than a skill position player. Jaguars happy hour, plenty to come. Uh, Jimmy Luck coming up in just a little bit. Dave Spadaro, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. That's a little bit later at the bottom of the hour. Uh, there's been a lot of talk this week about the philosophy for Doug Marone changing. We've talked about it on all our shows. I know you guys talked about it this morning on Drive Time. Uh, more reps for the ones in practice during training camp. 
so you don't have to play them during the game. And he explained it yesterday, Doug Marone did, you know, you're only going to get 10 to 20 reps in these mm-hmm. first two preseason games if you're a starter. 10 in the first game, 20 in the second game, 30-plus in the, in the third game, ideally. So you've you got a day off in the hotel before. You get 20 reps in a game, and you got a day off after, and then you're back slowly the day after that. I mean, that, that's a lot of downtime for right. guys that you want to get activity uh, on the practice field. So they give them more reps in a controlled situation on a practice field. That's the the philosophy change, I guess. Some you know, in the past, it's hey, let's get the guys out there, mm-hmm. see the offense in a game situation, and then get them out and healthy. But the more reps you can get on a practice field, I think obviously the better uh, for a new offense trying to put things together. I've always wondered, I shouldn't say always, since about 2004 or 5, I may be forgetting the year, but I remember when I was covering the Colts, mm-hmm. in the fourth preseason game, all of a sudden you looked out there and there, were, and there were no starters, which wasn't always the case. There was a time, all the time I was covering the Jaguars in the 90s, first few years, that, that first-team offense would go out and play about two series in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, they didn't do that. And, boy, the next year, nobody was doing it. They weren't the first team to do it, but all of a sudden, everybody followed suit. Um, since then, I've always wondered why teams do it in, the, in our preseason week one, meaning why teams play their guys for eight snaps or for, for ten snaps. Yeah. I always wondered if that wasn't just sort of sticking with what they had done for the sake of, of doing it because I always wondered what good eight snaps did. Or ten snaps. Yeah. Are you really getting enough out of it to risk? I had, I hadn't really thought about what Doug mentioned. The wear and tear on the body to take the real hits of a game. That's why they need that next day off. You want to rest and recover, and and you don't practice the day after a game. So, what Doug's saying makes perfect sense to me as far as that. I do wonder a little bit if you get twenty in the second game and thirty in that uh, preseason rehearsal to me that feels like the right number and I do wonder if Doug would have gone with a few more starters this year in this game if there weren't so many minor injuries just sort of lingering around right sure now. yeah we'll probably never know that but uh one thing to remember about the injuries that are going on right now and I I get that Doug is very much a worry ward on this front um <laughs> it's his nature he's a head coach it's what he does but what you don't know Andrew Norwell, for example, um, a few guys who missed time this week. Dwan Taylor are the right Would tackle. they, yeah. in, in preseason, especially the way Doug's approaching it, they're going to hold guys out if it's anything. So what we don't know is would these guys be able to play? How serious are these things that, are, that guys are being held out for? Andrew Norwell, for example, on the field this week, but it wasn't doing anything. You sort of get the idea that if it was a game week, mm-hmm. uh, how much is Norwell going to gain from two reps that aren't really live That's stuff. Right. Yeah. Why risk, if it's a calf, I don't even know what it is with him, but if it's soft tissue, why risk him tweaking that if you can have him revved up 100% for September 8th? Another point on this, uh, Pete Prisco, you've heard of him, eh. was on our show Monday on uh, Jaguars Happy Hour, as he always is, and he said he talked to Philip Rivers. Obviously, Philip Rivers is a different bird. He's been in the league for a long time, uh, been at it at a high level. He said that uh, Philip Rivers told him that he got 40 passes in one of the practices against another team they were practicing mm-hmm. two weeks ago. 40 throws in a practice. And right. in a game, you might get two or three. So to, to up the reps right, right, right. in a practice right. situation, 
and not even worry about the football game, then that's probably the, the better mass for a guy like that. Well, as the league goes more to passing and precision, um, tackling has been an issue in the league for a long, long time mm-hmm. because you can't practice it very much. It's why the first couple weeks of the season, no matter, no matter how much you do in preseason, first couple weeks of the, of the season, tackling is always an issue because they haven't practiced enough. You can't. It's not worth the risk. So it does make sense, and Doug's, the way he laid it out, was exactly on board with what Philip Rivers said. Nick Foles is getting, what, 42, 48 uh, reps in a practice. Yeah. He'd get 10 if it was live. Now, the trade-off is, in practice, he's never worried about getting hit. So there is a little bit of that. Maybe if he was a young quarterback, I might be more concerned about that. Foles has certainly played in the NFL long enough that it won't overwhelm him when he's getting hit. He's... He's, He's been, been through before, that. Yeah. So with this team, with this quarterback, if they're getting 48 reps for Chris Conley, D.D. Westbrook, and those guys to be on the same page and know what the other guy's doing, um, you know, I don't, as Doug said, this isn't ideal. This isn't what he wants to do philosophically as a head coach, but it's the way the league is right now, and it's if we can get these guys healthy, that reward is worth the risk of maybe not getting those live reps where you're getting hit. Yeah. It's not ideal, but he's doing the best he can to find the right formula. Let's get his team to the starting line of the season. I mean, that, right. that, that, you know, as healthy as he can on opening day against Kansas City. We've got a lot to get to in the program. Jimmy Luck right around the corner. Oh, good. Uh, Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com at the bottom of the hour. Are you Duval enough to represent the Jags in London? Find out on the Jaguars Global Ambassador Contest. Submit a video telling us why you're the Jags' number one fan. And you can win a trip for two to London, including round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, tickets, and field passes at Wembley, and much more. Register by August 19th. That's coming up in a few days at jaguars.com slash global trip. We'll unveil the uniforms for tomorrow night's game, the Jags and the Eagles, presented by Pet Paradise. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Fields Auto Group from the Jaguars Digital Network. Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Scobie got it, and the Jaguars have a 17-3 lead, and he has the Jaguars' all-time field goal record with number 176. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars fans, football season is heating up, and there's no better place to cool off on game day than the Exalta Spa Cabanas at TIAA Bank Field. Host up to 50 of your closest friends, family, and colleagues for a -a one-of-a-kind waterfront experience. Take a dip in the luxurious Exalta Spa. Enjoy the game from relaxing lounge furniture and indulge in all-inclusive food and beverage. Go to jaguars.com slash group tickets or call 904-633-2000 and book your cabana today. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. 
saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier. That music each week means it's time for James Carl Luck the Fourth. Yep. Jimmy Luck, what's up? How we doing? Good to see you guys again. Good to see you, man. Thanks for more of a back. normal time this time. This like is a this, Wednesday. Yeah. This will be your regular spot the uh, before Sunday game. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow's a Thursday game, obviously. But it worked out today. It yeah, worked out this good, last week. Was yeah. Baltimore's weird, you know? Yeah, so. it was kind of weird. Yeah, but you're about the only person who doesn't benefit from them resting starters. You, you still got to dress everybody anyway, right? They still have to get dressed. So yeah. it does you no good? Not really. Except for the guys who don't play, you don't have to wash your uniforms. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's really. The yeah, because well, it was funny. Like talking with um, Tyler Wolf, the assistant head coach. He gives me a list. These guys are. Not dressing these well, guys. Break it down. Aren't Tell us who it is. These guys, and I'm like, I don't care who's playing. They're getting dressed, so I still got to get them dressed. <laughs> that's right. They still have to. Have, and that that's a organizational <laughs> philosophy, I guess. Right. Some other t- teams might not have the guys even dressed. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. So I mean, it tells me, okay, if this guy's not playing, bunch of the O line, maybe I need to have more hot dogs in the equipment room at halftime. <laughs> oh, because here or, they or come. More, or more sunflower seeds on the sideline. <laughs> you know. So now, have you reached the point yet where? Even the new guys, you sort of know what they want in pads, what they want to take out with them, or is that always a learning process with the younger guys? It's, I mean, you kind of learn it. Right? Yeah, everybody's a little bit different. Um, last week was a little bit of a learning experience with right. some of the guys, but we try to get out in front of it and ask them, "Hey, what do you want to wear?" and this, that, and then they wear it, and you go, "No, you're not wearing that." That's Why? The, just because of the look? Or just because? The... Well, a lot of guys, the sock still messes them up with the teal on there. I, don't, right. I never thought it would be that hard to say it goes white, teal, and then black, but. <laughs> Now, is it still a case? I mean, there's certain rules of what they yeah. have to wear. Do some guys still overpad early in their career, or is it? Uh, um, you get a few guys like, oh, hey, you know, do I have to wear the hip pads and the butt pad? Right. And it's then like, you, well, no, you don't have to. You can. Right. You, know. um, you do have to wear. You do. You do have to wear thigh pads and knee pads. And when so. I covered, uh, when I was with the Colts, I covered Dallas Clark. Well, you worked for the and, Colts, and, John? and we had a, uh, I had a picture at one point that. He was signing one day, not for me, but for somebody else. And it was his rookie year, and he had pads here and pads here and pads here. It was like two years later, he was wearing nothing. He said, yeah, it was ridiculous at that point. I mean, but, but a lot yeah. of guys do early in their well, they career. And, yeah. They have incredible amounts of pads, and they figure out that it's constricting them or they, or they just don't like it. So I know that changes for guys. Yeah, and some guys, you know, as things come out, you know, better technology or whatever. Right. And, you know, hey, we'll go to the super light thigh pad. You right. Know, not that half an ounce makes that much of a difference, I wouldn't think. Well, mentally but, formed. But mentally yeah, it does, so. yeah. Uh, we'll get to the uniform <laughs> unveiling coming up. We do this each and every week with Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager, what the Jaguars will wear. We'll debut it right here. i got to ask you about the Antonio Brown situation in mm-hmm. Oakland. As an equipment manager, I'd say <laughs> every team has to abide by the helmet rules that change from time to time. They cycle some helmets mm-hmm. through and – it sounds like his was just so old that it's not on the list anymore, right? Yeah, pretty much. And I, it, if you look at it from the standpoint that a car you bought in 2008 doesn't have as many bells and whistles and is not as safe as a car built, you know, last year. So it's kind of the same thing with helmets. I mean, you know, things get better. Padding gets better. Um, you know, it, it, we the NFL, you know, pays a lot of money to have uh, BioCore a company that we partnered with that test helmets and they put out a list every year, a chart, you know, that hangs in the equipment room yeah. that says 
this is where all these helmets kind of rank and the you know the they're all safe because they're noxy certified but this one tests better in the lab than this one um does it test better on the field that's up to some debate whether you ask the manufacturers but in the lab these test better these are you know help protect you a little bit more and it's really just kind of common sense there right um but as an equipment guy you know if you We've gone through this kind of a couple times where the uh, a big range of helmets come out. You're like, oh, a bunch of new ones. You want to get guys in the new ones. Mm-hmm. They're safer. And a guy goes, no, I've been wearing this my whole career. I've never had a concussion. And then if I put that helmet, new helmet on him and he gets one, now I feel bad. Right. But, I mean, that's you may step off the curb tomorrow and fall down here and get a concussion. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's football. You're, you're not going to prevent them. So. But at least you, you have to follow the rules that are laid out. If exactly. the league approves mm-hmm. certain helmets – as the equipment manager for the mm-hmm. Jaguars, you can't hand out that helmet yeah. if it's not and on the list. Not to say that it's a loophole, okay. but um, the helmet he had was a 2008 model, I believe. I'm not 100% on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what some of the articles I've read said. They quit making that helmet in 2011. So you get a 10-year window. So if he can find them, which I think I heard he did. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had know. been grandfathered in, and now he's got to yeah. find his so own now, helmet. So. Yeah, so now he, he, I guess, can wear it because it is within the 10 years. Interesting. And, so there's about eight or nine brands now that are okay, or eight, eight or nine styles that are okay. But there's actually quite a few more than quite, that, yeah. Quite a few. But so, there's, there's about four manufacturers, I got but you. they all have multiple different styles. And So once a guy chooses his helmet, is that his helmet for, for pretty much the year, usually? is that um, the, A lot of guys have multiple helmets. Okay. Um, we have a lot of guys have practice helmets, and then they have game helmets, and then backup game helmets. Um, for multiple reasons, they would have a backup. Like all the guys that have a radio in there, they have a backup in case the radio breaks. We can just hand them another one. Or if that helmet breaks, we can hand them the other one. Um, and but guys then also, get pretty personal with it, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, don't, yeah, they don't like um, switching it out too right. much. But we try to get them, the guys that have multiple helmets, to wear them. We'll kind of rotate right. them around. So it's not like it's, they're putting on a brand new one all of a sudden. Very nice. I kind of put you on the spot there. Sorry about no, that. That's, I mean, but no, that's, well, well done. That's a nice, <laughs> nice explanation of, that's of what he does. the big story and uh, that was in the league this week. He's a pro. He didn't just walk in here. That's correct. He is a pro. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I don't know much about cryo chambers and what socks you wear, but he <laughs> probably needs to do that a little bit too. I like that. Thanks. Uh, let's get to uh, the primary reason you're here each and every week to unveil the uniforms. Tomorrow night's game presented by Pet Paradise, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jimmy Luck, what will the Jaguars wear tomorrow? All right. Digging my, my bag here. Uh-oh. Did you bring uh, it? Yeah, oh. I brought it. So okay. there we go with the, the, the white pants. Okay, white pants. With a little black insert back there. Very nice. And we uh, wear the teal jerseys. Teal at home tomorrow night. Yep. It's going to stay clean, I think. Yeah, uh, the number seven of Nick Foles <laughs> will not have any dirt on it tomorrow. I hope not. Hopefully not uh, any much dirt this season ever. That'd be Maybe nice. just mostly sweat. All right, so That's there you sharp. go. Nick Foles, the former Eagle, of course. Yeah. Uh, last two playoff runs there for the Eagles, now with the Jacksonville Jags. A couple of uh, Jags, former Jags now with the Eagles, Malik Jackson over there. Yep. Uh, Cody Kessler will probably start tomorrow. So um, a lot of back and forth between these two teams coming up. But the Jags will wear teal over white. In week two of the preseason. Good luck. Love it. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for coming in, man. (laughs) No problem. Jimmy Luck. Jimmy, thanks. Head equipment manager. He joins us each and every Wednesday on Jaguars Happy Hour. We're back in a moment. Dave Spadaro, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. We'll get the Eagles' point of view for this game tomorrow night, presented by Pet Paradise. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.
step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars 25th Anniversary Collectible Cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents. While supplies last, gate. Serving up more. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast. And six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group coming up at Daly's Place. Well, this week, Brad Paisley is going to be here. He's a fantastic guitar player, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing him this week. That's the 16th. Bush and Live, August 18th. That's circa 1994 or so, that, yeah. those groups together. Pentatonics, August 24th, and then Peter Frampton, September 4th. Tickets at Daly'sPlace.com. Do you, you. Wait, J.P. Feel like I do. Oh, feel like I do. Yeah, it's a little before my time. <laughs> no, no, John. That's okay right, well, though. Yes, I'm, Peter I'm with you on Peter. Frankie comes alive. A lot of people bought it. A lot of people enjoyed uh, it. It was a huge album. At, it was at the time. It was the largest selling album of all time. It, at that time, yes. You mean you mean saying again? No, okay, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, so get your tickets. Dailysplace.com. Uh, some good shows coming up. Dave Spadaro coming up in just a little bit. Uh, the Eagles just arrived. He's in a meeting at the uh, team hotel, so he'll uh, join us here in just a little while. To explain the Eagles side of things, got to mention I uh, we got a special guest in studio today, John. Do we? Oh yes, we do. Yes, <laughs> yes we do. We do. Uh, my mother, uh, Liz Ozier, is in town, and yeah. uh, well, lives in town, but has come down to see the uh, stadium and to see the show, and to see JD Shatter. Well, uh, as she refers to, it. yeah, my so, my evil twin. It's for, okay. Uh, for a couple of years, she always asked me, "How's JD?" And, and he's I, just fine. Yeah, yeah. So I just. I just kind of let it go. It's okay. It's great to see you here. Thank you for coming in today, Mrs. Osher. Nice to have you with us today. Uh, let's get our um, players to watch. Usually this would be the deep track segment in last year's show, but this is a new year. We're turning mm -hmm. a new page this year. I can do year. some Frampton deep tracks if you want again. Yeah. Please okay. no. I mean you. Let, let, no, no, no. Right. We're not doing that right. uh, here. We're going to pick some um, some players to watch tomorrow night. Um what do, you, what do you got for us, John? Uh, I think I went with Gardner Minshew. You did? Um, I was going to mention uh, Trey McBride. We got a lot of time, so I'll mention him as well. Yes. Uh, Trey has come along and made some waves on special teams last week, played well on special teams. He's probably in that top six or seven wide receivers. He's a fourth-year guy. Went to Marshall, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, probably hasn't shown to be better than Terrell Pryor as a receiver yet. But because of his special teams play, 
Uh, you would think he has a shot. He's younger than prior, fourth-year guy. And in the last couple of days, Doug Marone has mentioned him in a press conference, which Doug usually doesn't do that unless the guy is legitimately playing well. And I thought he had a good practice with Minshew the other day. So he's a guy to watch. Um, no practice squad eligibility left because he's in his fourth year. So must make the roster. But he's starting to be one of those guys that when you cut down to 53, there's always a few people go, huh, uh, he might be one of those guys. So, But over to Minshew. Um, McBride, by the way, William and Mary. William and Mary. Yes. Who's Marshall? Somebody, uh, there's a couple guys. Uh, Revis went to Marshall. Revis, that's okay. Yep. <laughs> and there's also a rookie receiver, uh, Tyree Brady. That's a Marshall. That's guy. where I mixed up. Yes. I don't think Minshew has to play well to make the team. I think he's going to be the backup. I think they believe in enough of what they have seen from him in practice, what he's done in the meeting rooms, to believe that he's the best option. Once they get him surrounded by starters, uh, I think they feel like that will calm things down in terms of the protection that he didn't get last week. But they sure would feel better about it if Minshew and whatever is passing for the first-team offense tomorrow night, it's really the second-team offense, if, if they can function. I thought he made some good, fast decisions in practice this week. I thought he had a good week in practice. Uh, a lot of times guys can have a good week and not stand out. I thought he stood out. Uh, it would be nice for him if he could show some of the quick decision-making to get the ball out early like he did in practice and get some completions. I didn't keep track, but it seemed like he had two or three different times in two-minute or full-field drives that he drove them deep into territory or deep into opponent's territory. I know fans would like to see that before going into the regular season with him as the the backup to Foles. I'm I'm sure, and Doug said this as much, that Doug would like to see that as well. The the production in a game matters. It's a big deal to the head coach when the lights are on. In saying that, he also said several times around that quote, it's really hard we're not getting protection. And he's got to be helped, and they've got to help their quarterbacks as well. So it's tough to judge that spot. I don't think anybody ever thought that Gardner was going to be a guy who came in and from the very start lifted those around him. He's not really that kind of quarterback. The arm strength isn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is a guy that they believe in his intelligence. They believe in his savvy, his ability to be prepared. So judging by that, you would think they have a game plan for him if he's with the starters, you know, to allow a great defense and a functioning offense to allow him to run that and keep them in games. I don't think they think that he can be the quarterback for a 16-game season. What you're looking for out of a Minshew is, if he has to play two or three games, can he keep you afloat and give you a chance? It still seems like they believe he can. Because pretty much any team in the league, if you lose your shorter and you have to have a backup for 15, 14, 15 games, right. you're done anyway. There so are exceptions. Uh, Foles was an exception That's in right. Philly. But even him, he was he was six, seven games. It right. wasn't like he was a full season. Right, but those are exceptions. That's right. It's what makes them legendary stories because they're so unusual. Here's my two. I'm going to pick uh, Will Richardson, Jr. I think you could pick this guy every week in the preseason if you wanted to. He's had a great camp. The coaches love what he's done so far coming back after missing last season. Uh, He played right tackle last week in the game. Will he get some guard time in the game this week? Yeah, they'd like him to. Yeah, yeah, they'd like him to. It sounds like he's been pushing A.J. Can a bit in practice, at least for some some reps there. And and, uh, talking to the offensive line coach this week, you'll hear it on the uh, Public's Tailgate show tomorrow, uh, George Warhop, that uh, they love his versatility. And he can maybe be a swing guy. If he doesn't get a starting job, he could be a swing guy and a guy they really can depend on at a couple of different positions on this offensive line. And they like where he is right Mm -hmm. now. 
And remember, he comes into, they all do, uh, they come into their relationship with Warhop clean, meaning you know, nothing of what happened last year Will wasn't there, wasn't available. There's none of that. So very much a fresh start for these guys. Um, if Richardson does wind up starting, which I think is a possibility, it would be quite a story because a lot of times when guys come in and they lose that rookie season like he did, mm-hmm. he barely practiced. So it was a little bit of a lost season. What often happens for those guys is they kind of get lost and never recover from it. There's been a lot of cases where guys like that sort of disappear. You never hear from him again. Credit to him for not being one of those guys. He certainly seems right now like a developing storyline where they may have gotten a find in the fourth round last year and him being better than he was drafted. The other one for me, you know, we have questions, well, just because we haven't really seen them together in a game a lot about the safety position mm-hmm. here. Uh, Jared Wilson. Probably won't. Well, you might see him tomorrow night. He's a player that uh, Doug Marone said wanted to get some game reps, so you'll probably see him tomorrow. Uh, Ronnie Harrison at the other safety spot. But who are behind these guys at safety is a question, and uh, we might have had a little bit of an answer to that last week. C.J. Rivas had a great game. We'll see if he can duplicate that again this week. You know, in theory, you don't want your safeties to have eight, ten tackles in a game. That means right. it's down the field a little bit. But it seemed like he was around the ball a lot. Um, and and made, some, made some decent plays last week. If he can repeat that this week, that might go a long way to securing what he can do. And, of course, you got to watch him on special teams too, a guy that deep on the depth chart in the secondary on this team especially. You're going to have to get some special teams time. Can C.J. Rivas in his second NFL season kind of be that guy? So far he's shown uh, that he can be. Yeah, and I know this is a, a surprise to fans, not really a surprise to the organization. He – uh, was called up. I think he played four games last year at the end of the season. Uh, was on the practice squad early. They liked him from the start, and he was one reason that they had hope for. Uh, in free agency, everybody thought they might go after a guy or or draft a guy at the safety position after losing to Sean and Barry. They liked Revis from the beginning. Safety is supposed to be a position where you can find undrafted guys to be your backups. Most teams don't have you know, first round safety, third round safety, and then like two fourth round backups. This is where you get guys. They liked him a lot last year. And I think they had more confidence because they had seen him practice than maybe uh, the fans of the team and the observers had in CJ. All right. So there you have it. Revis and Richardson for me, Minshew and Trey McBride for you. Fair enough. Uh, good foursome there. Let's, uh, they'll get a lot of time tomorrow night. The uh, Jags and the Eagles coming up. We're out to Dave Spadaro, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Eagles just got to town. Meetings ongoing. We'll have more when we come back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. 
DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. The Jags have launched a new mobile app and secured digital ticketing. The all-new official Jacksonville Jaguars app features exclusive content, live game streaming, enhanced game day alerts, and much more. Look for secure digital ticketing tomorrow night. That means screenshots of tickets are no longer allowed. you got to use the app, the new app, to get into the stadium tomorrow night. Download or update the official Jacksonville Jaguars app on Apple and Android devices. Big change this year, so... Be prepared tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, the kickoff time. The Eagles and the Jaguars were out to Dave Spadaro, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. There are a lot of connections between these two clubs. I mean, Sounds like. Uh, some some former Jags now with Philly, some former Eagles, and of course now with the Jags with Nick Foles. Uh, but then you go to the other side. Malik Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, front-line player now for the Philadelphia Eagles. It will be interesting to see if he plays tomorrow and what his role is moving ahead for the Eagles. Uh, there's a couple of those. Well, obviously Nick Foles, the, the big yeah, Nick connection. Nick Foles, a little bit of connection. Uh, yeah. but he's not yeah. playing tomorrow. Right, right? not playing. And I, I don't know that Malik will either. Uh, I'll miss Malik this year. I know, he was he great. He did a great job on this show last year and uh, even came in after he lost his starting job and I always thought that was really classy of him to do. Let's so, go to the phone lines absolutely. now. Welcome in our guests from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, philadelphiaeagles.com. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro with us on the phone. Welcome to Jacksonville, Dave. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you guys doing? Nice and nice and cool out here. <laughs> right. We uh, we turned on the heat for you guys. So welcome to Duval. Um, what is life like in Philadelphia without Nick Foles? How is life moving along? Oh, life is going fine without Nick Foles. I think the Eagles. I, look, every Eagles fan, everybody associated with the Philadelphia Eagles, loves Nick Foles. Recognize that Nick Foles deserves a chance to go be a starting quarterback and and have a big contract and have his own team and. We all wish him the best of luck, and so you move on. The Eagles have been grooming Nate Sudfeld to be the backup quarterback. Uh, he played well last week until he suffered the, the broken wrist. But, you know, in the NFL, as you guys know, life moves on, and uh, you have to be prepared for change. And I think the Eagles have equipped themselves very well. Dave, John Ozier here. Thanks for doing this, first of all. Um, sure, John. Uh, being the insider, you were around Nick. Everybody here is is sort of getting to know Nick, but give us something that maybe fans don't know about Nick, a story that you had dealing with him, you know, something on the inside to tell us a little bit about Nick. Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't start doing it until like February, but apparently he's the best pickleball player in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles use pickleball as a rehab tool, and uh, Nick, with that gigantic wingspan, is a beast in the game. So, um, I mean, that's about it. That and, I mean, you've heard the stories about the, the quarterback room and the barista and, and how he kind of took took that over. And, and I mean, look, I mean, Nick, there's not a lot of secrets. He, he really lays everything out there. He's a, a genuine guy. He's extraordinarily hardworking. I remember the first interview we had when he came back to Philadelphia. 
and it was prior to the 2017 season. And, um, you know, look, Carson was coming off a rookie year, and everybody was fired up about Carson. And I said to Nick in the interview on the air, I said, Nick, you know, I hate to say this, but Eagles fans, they don't want to see you play. And he could look, I understand that. I, he, he's one of those guys. He, and then, of course, he came in late in the season and rescued the regular season and took the Eagles to the Super Bowl championship. So he just he knows his place. Um, he, he's extremely likable in the locker room. Uh, he obviously became a huge fan favorite with some very creative nicknames from, from Eagles fans. And um, I, I can't speak highly enough about Nick Foles and the journey that he's been having known him since he came into the NFL and, and the difficulties that he's had, the, the treatment from Chip Kelly, the, the way that went down, and, and the resurrection, if you will, of his career. So it, there will be times when you watch Nick and you go, this is ugly. Uh, this is not going to go smoothly. It's similar to, really, um, the Bears playoff game last year. I mean, it was not a pretty offensive performance. The Saints playoff game last year, great start really bad in the second and third quarters. And then you look up all of a sudden and Nick's driving down the field to take the lead late in the game against the Saints. So he's just a winner. Um, he's calm. Never, I've never seen him lose his, 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 his stuff. And uh, I mean, everybody, look, I think Jacksonville Jaguars could not have turned to a better quarterback to kind of get things back on track offensively and from a leadership standpoint and from a composure standpoint. Dave Spadaro with us, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, Eagles Insider on Twitter. Malik Jackson now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, big part of this defense the last few years around here, and a guy who came in on a big free agent contract here. How has Malik settled into Philly, and what do you expect in his role with the Eagles this year on, on the defensive it, it, line? I really, really liked Malik a lot. Um, has settled in nicely, extremely personable, outgoing, natural leader, should on the football field team just perfectly with Fletcher Cox. The Eagles were really lacking that last year, that 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 tandem piece with Fletcher, and um, because Tim Jernigan had been injured, so now it's Malik, it's Fletcher Cox, it's it's Tim Jernigan who came back. I mean, the Eagles really loaded at defensive tackle, so I would expect Malik to offer a pass rush presence that the Eagles just didn't have as teams really keyed on Fletcher Cox last year. Not going to be able to do that with Fletcher Cox now playing football and seemingly rejuvenated, uh, seemingly still has a lot of gas left in the tank. Malik's a great guy, too. Uh, tell him we said hello. Yeah, he, was, he was on this show each and every Wednesday, the last uh, last season, in fact, here on uh, Jaguars.com. Uh, yep. Final thoughts here with you, Dave. Um, what do we expect from the Eagles tomorrow night? How many frontline guys go, if any? I think uh, offensively, it'll be very. I don't. I'm not sure. I see any of the front line players going uh, because there have been some injuries along the offensive line, similar to what Jacksonville's going through. Lane Johnson's not going to play the rest of the preseason, so I'm not sure if you're going to put Carson Wentz out there with a player like Jordan Malata, who's still really trying to learn the NFL game at the right tackle position. So I think you might see a couple of starters sprinkled in uh, on the defensive side early in the game, and then it's. The rest of the game will be what the NFL is all about in the preseason, and that's evaluating players and trying to pick out the best 53 players and letting some of the young guys show what they can do. And we haven't even talked about the real reunion. The real reunion is not Nick Foles, and it's not Malik Jackson. Uh -huh. It's Cody Kessler coming back to Jacksonville. Right. Uh -huh. And he'll play a He'll play a ton in this game. Uh-huh. Uh, Cody Kessler show <laughs> tomorrow night for the Eagles. That's exactly right. 
should be good. He one. should be motivated. Yeah, I think he'll be motivated to uh, have a, a good performance tomorrow night. Uh, Dave, really appreciate your time on short notice. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night here at the stadium. Man. Thank you, Dave. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. Dave Spadaro, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Always good to visit with him. I think we had him the week of the, the London game last year. Uh, yeah, when good the Jacks guy. Played a good job. Yeah. The Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. All right, uh, tomorrow night, here we go. Week two of the preseason. Week two. It's coming, whether we like it or not. Here it is. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, the game presented by Pet Paradise, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Our thanks to Jimmy Luck, Dave Spadaro, uh, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, our entire Jaguars.com crew. For John Osier, I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll see you tomorrow night here at TIAA Bank Field. The Eagles and the Jaguars. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group.